tomorrow if some areas of Armenia could be occupied by Azerbaijan or would be given up to Azerbaijan, then tomorrow someone may come up and say, oh, by the way, if you have a passport with 050 something, let's say from Sunik, from Kapan, you are not a citizen, you are a refugee. I mean, this is completely nonsense. We're happy to have Aram Orbelian with us again to discuss the very confusing situation that Artsakhsi refugees are experiencing in Armenia regarding their status. Should they apply for refugee status or for Armenian citizenship? What does each one mean and what are the consequences? Welcome to the Armenian News Network. Grung, I'm Aspet Bedrosian. And this is Hovik Manucharyan. And this episode was recorded on November 13, 2023. Welcome back to our show, Aram. Hi, thank you for inviting me again. Hello, Aram again. Aram, recently the Armenian government announced that it would give a so-called special protected status to refugees from Artsakh. The government says that this is equivalent to a status of a refugee and Artsakhsis are not considered citizens of Armenia. Those wishing to be recognized as citizens of Armenia and enjoy benefits such as pensions and other government support must apply for citizenship. This decision has confused and bewildered many refugees from Artsakh who hold a blue passport, just like other Armenian citizens. And in this, it is written that the holder of this passport is a citizen of the Republic of Armenia. The only difference for Artsakh residents is that the authority field in the passport has the code 070. Can you help us understand what the difference is between these two statuses? What is the motivation for recognizing citizens of Artsakh as refugees instead of citizens of Armenia or internally displaced people, IDPs? Okay, um, let me try to be very clear here because we can discuss on political aspect, we can discuss on social aspect, we can discuss on whatever aspect, but it's very it's one of the very clear cut issues of Armenian legislation. Okay, according to Armenian law on citizenship, the document proving the citizenship is the passport. There is also an ID and for children it would be birth certificate. Any discussion that passport is not a proof of citizenship is not standing. I mean, it's clearly written on existing law on citizenship. So if someone has a passport of Republic of Armenia, unless it's a fake one, I mean, I mean, normal passport, he or she is a citizen of Armenia. Of course, it is possible to discuss the legality of that passport, but that means not a law stating that everyone is illegal or all the passports are illegal, but you need to go and check everyone. Let's say if someone was naturalized and before that, during the procedure, they gave a false information, of course, the government may go check and say, okay, we are going to deprive your citizenship. But this is not the case. You cannot do it by adopting a decision stating that all the passports with the authority field fields 070 is illegal. That's all. It's first one, first argument. According to Armenian law, this is citizen, law on citizenship. They all are citizens of Armenia, and the passport is a proof of the citizenship. According to Armenian constitution, Article 47, uh, I think paragraph 4 or 5, states that Armenian citizens cannot be deprived of their Armenian citizenship full stop. You cannot adopt a law and say, oh, by the way, those citizens are not citizens anymore. Moreover, Armenia is a member to our international treaty of decreasing of numbers of apartheid, apartheid or stateless persons, 
which state that depriving persons of citizenship if they are not going to receive any other citizenship is illegal. So Armenian government cannot have a decree according to which uh, citizens would stop being citizens. Now, whenever we start to discussion, oh, there is 070. So very important to understand that before, let's say, two months ago, and for previous 30 years, it was clear practice in Armenian courts, banks, notaries, state bodies, um, everyone. I mean, that those passports are passports, and with those passports, you are entitled to establish, uh, to, to undertake treaties. No one was questions the legality of those passports. And finally, the decree which was established, but the government decree 18-something, which was adopted recently, is a document which is not based on any law or on any constitutional authority. Just for a clarity, any government decision, so sub-legislation, should be based on either a law which would give them a right or mandate to adopt something or directly derived from constitution. In both cases, a document will start based on paragraph something of constitution, based on article XYZ of the law on XYZ. This is not in that case. You don't see it there. So this all process is illegal. So illegally, they are depriving Armenian citizens of their citizenship. Why are they doing it is not important. Why I'm telling is not important. You cannot breach constitution for even a positive development, even a positive whatever procedure. Again, I would repeat, if those passports, some of them could be given to a wrong person, then okay, you go and check those persons and say that was wrong, I'm going to deprive you. But not in a way adopting a law or even in that case, is not a law. A government decree stating that the document with 070 is not a passport, but a document showing a status of a refugee. This is nonsense, and there is no reason to discuss further, I mean, on detail, why are they doing. Again, this is illegal. Tomorrow, if for whatever reason, some areas of Armenia could be occupied by Azerbaijan or would be given up to Azerbaijan, then tomorrow someone may come up and say, oh, by the way, if you have a passport with 050 something, let's say from Sunik, from Kapan, you are not a citizen, you are a refugee. I mean, this is this is completely nonsense. Sounds nonsense. Uh, Aram, can these people vote in Armenia? According to Armenian constitution, every person, I mean, there is an article about voting right, and it states that any citizen of Armenia of age of 18 has a right to vote. Armenian Electoral Code has additional criteria. Constitutionality of the latter is very questionable. But anyway, it's, it could be also discussed that it could be the place to solve the technical issue, not to have double voting. One should be registered on the territory of Armenia. So as soon as the person is registering in Armenia, they have a right to vote. Otherwise, they would not be able physically to vote unless during the election period before there is some period before that you go to police station and you request to be entered into in one of the list and then they would enter you in the list one of the reasons i mean could be that the government doesn't want those people to vote 
One of the reasons would be that they don't want those people to stay in Armenia. Maybe they have some discussion with, let's say, European countries to have quotas for refugees and to take some of the refugees to them, just not to have them in Armenia. The reasons could be different. The reasons could be many. But again, they are citizens of Armenia. It seems, uh, I had just a discussion with colleagues today, that the government is making problem with the citizens like uh, stating, oh, with this passport, you cannot open a bank account. With this passport, you cannot work. But if you want to have an Armenian passport, you can apply for a citizenship, not for passport, but for a citizenship. You can apply for refugee status, but it will enter into force, I think, in one month. So this is completely mess, and people are uh, lost. People don't know what's working, what's not working, what should they be doing. And it's clear if the government doesn't want to have passports with 070, it's also possible to adopt a regulation that those passports would be changed. But it doesn't mean you should apply for a new citizenship. Right. Uh, they are citizens for Armenia and they should be stay. I mean, if you don't want to have the passport, change it. Uh, change, to, change the ID cards and uh, you can do it with any passport. But again, it's not application for citizenship as such. And speaking of that application, there have been forums, you know, there have been examples of it circulating uh, on, online which show that there are, they have to sign a declaration that they're not a citizen of any other country. So someone from Artsakh, if they decide to uh, apply for Armenian citizenship, it seems like they're being forced to declare that they're not a citizen of any other country. Have you been able to confirm this? And why is the Armenian government doing this? What is the danger from this? I am not able to confirm the text because I haven't seen it. I have seen it again on forums. But if this is the case, this is forcing Artsakh citizens to denounce Artsakh. Because at least if they are not citizens of Armenia, they are at least citizens of Artsakh, which is now fully occupied. But it is still, I mean, Armenia, we, we were discussing in a previous uh, podcast that Armenia should be trying to play in international area, arena to make sure that the existing state is not recognized. The uh, use of force and uh, genocide, I mean, the state of occupation of Artsakh based as a result of use of force, illegal use of force and genocide should not be recognized. And Armenia is doing vice versa, requesting them to denounce their citizenship of Artsakh at least. Because those guys are citizens of Artsakh and citizens of Armenia. And why are they doing it? I am again uh, not <laughs> able to answer. Uh, you see, uh, trying to find logic in a procedure which is completely illegal and illogical I don't think it's a good job. I mean, for me, it's very clear. They are citizens. They have passport. Specific cases could be treated differently if there is a basis to believe that some citizenship was given illegally. Uh, Otherwise, I don't see any other procedure. And all the argument that those passports were given for travel purposes is completely nonsense because in general passports are given for travel i mean in us you don't need passport if you don't want to travel but it doesn't mean you are not a citizen i mean uh, it's very clear and the passport that sounds like oh by the way we were giving 150,000 illegal documents for people to travel although they are not citizens but we will be writing there that they are citizens and it's not only yeah. Haned, the old regime, but it was also being done the last five years. And, and to, just to be sure, I am a resident of Armenia and I applied for a special residency status. And 
in the copy of the document that I have, it explicitly states, it looks like a passport, but it says this is not, this document does not grant uh, citizenship. So uh, it's very clear when the Armenian government wants to grant citizenship versus not, <laughs> before at least, you know. National residency status, it's thinner. It looks like passport, but on it, it's not written passport and it's not written citizen of Armenia. It's written yes. special residency status. Moreover, it's given to no resident because you cannot have special residency status and passport if the government uh, knows that you are citizen. Because there, there might be yes. cases when someone changes their name, they are citizens, but they do not recognize themselves being citizens. They come and re receive the document, but otherwise the special residency status is a status for non-citizens rather than vice versa. So let me ask another question because this is related to the question of voting. Do you know if in practice, if in the past, if there are citizens of Artsakh, were they allowed to register in Armenia? And if they did, were they, there were there cases of when they were allowed to vote? And also, were there cases when they served in the army of the Republic of Armenia and not Artsakh? And how did the government of Armenia regulate this process where, you know, you're a dual citizen of Artsakh and Armenia, but you live in Artsakh, but, uh, and, and you serve the Artsakh, um, yeah. you know, the army of Artsakh, but they're not, uh, they're, they're exempted from serving in the uh, army of the Republic of Armenia. Okay. To the best of my knowledge, all the citizens of Armenia, including citizens of Armenia living in Artsakh with so-called 070, were able to vote if they are registered in Armenia. So if they are living in Armenia, they didn't have, they, they were not obliged to change their passport as such. I mean, usually you would be doing it because if the time it term is passed, you go and receive the passport in Yerevan, it would be 001. Let's say my passport original, the, the original one was, I think 051 given in Kapan. And then when I renewed my passport, I was in Yerevan. I didn't go back to Kapan to receive it. I just went to central this visa and passport station and then received there, it was 001. So to the best of my knowledge, citizens of Armenia living in Artsakh were able to vote in Armenia if they were somehow registered. And to the best of my knowledge, there were some court cases when the police was refusing to register them temporarily for voting, and that was also allowing them to vote. Again, I haven't checked this information, but I have this information from colleagues whom I have basis to believe. Now, when we come to uh, service, state service, I know that quite many uh, exchanges between Armenian and Artsakh, different military and paramilitary, let's call it, or so-called uniformed services, could be police, could be road police, could be prosecutor's office, etc., could have taken place, and the people from Artsakh would be serving in Armenia, from Armenia to Artsakh, and that could happen. And the, how it was that the people serving in Artsakh wouldn't be serving in Armenia, I wouldn't be able to give you much details on that topic based on a legal ground, but that kind of was considered, I believe, based on some internal uh, protocols and documents regulating all the exchange. So people were going there and serving there and vice versa. But in general, for Armenian law and citizenship, because we do not have multiple citizenship, what we have is called tolerance for multiple citizenship. So in classical dual citizenship, the, the, the two states would have a treaty, would reg uh, regulate quite a lot of issues, taxation, state service, duty 
of service to, because usually as a citizen you have duty towards two states so kind of regulating all this issue armenian legislation said oh you can have foreign citizenship i don't care but for me you are going to be only armenian citizen so you want to have other citizenship i am not going to punish you for that some states would be doing it and some states may even deprive you citizenship for that but in armenia say we don't care if you have other citizenship but for us you are going to be a citizen of armenia so if you have Artsakh citizenship, which can be questionable if it was there or not, but anyway, I mean, the people were voting in Artsakh, and in Artsakh elections, in Artsakh uh, local elections, etc. But they, with the Armenian passport, they would be deemed in Armenia to be citizens of Armenia. So kind of that was the procedure. There might have been some issues, some technicalities, some protocols, some legislation or let's say, interagency agreements regulating all these issues, but this was somehow regulated before now. It is becoming a problem now because it seems that the government is not wishing to have those people serve in Armenian, let's say, armed forces, in uh, military service, police service, unless they want to change their passport by reapplying for citizenship rather than changing the passport. And even there, sorry, no uniform practice because I have learned that some people with the Artsakh passport, I'm putting it in clamors, yeah, would be registering with the new registration address in Armenia. Some would be deprived to do it. So even there, there is no clarity and uniformity for people to understand. At least the government is allowing this or not allowing this. And maybe if we don't agree, if they are not allowing something to fight back. So, Aram, what happens to the right of Artsakh citizens? Things like uh, the right to property or the right of return if they accept Armenian citizenship? Oh, um, the question which you raised has an element that they don't have Armenian citizenship, but they do have Armenian citizenship. So when we speak about accept or not accept, the right of property is a human right which is guaranteed and their right of property to the property in Artsakh should continue. Do they have Armenian citizenship? Do they receive Russian citizenship? Do they receive French citizenship? Do they receive, I don't know, some Azerbaijani status? Whatever they receive, they receive a, whatever status they would have, it wouldn't deprive their property rights in Artsakh. It's another question that Armenian government and international players should be also acting, and Armenia diaspora maybe through international players well, in France, in US, should be pushing to secure also those rights, right of property, uh, enjoyment of profession, whenever there would be some business activities, I don't know, hydropower plants, wineries, hostels, hotels, uh, I don't know, production facilities, all this should be secured or compensated in case there is no possibility to guarantee the return at this stage. I mean, the right is there, but the implementation is question. That, that the, the how to physically implement that is a question. I think, yeah, you, you've highlighted uh, that the Armenian government and institutions should be working to secure this. And I think this in the context of reports in Azerbaijani media that Aliyev may have given a deadline after which the property of Artsakhsis who have not returned will be transferred to the government of Azerbaijan. Is that legal? And under what pretense could that be done? It's not legal. Uh, what does it mean? I'm giving a deadline. If you don't return, I'm going to nationalize. 
there might be some taxation which should be reasonable, not different, non-discriminatory. I mean, property tax, etc. There might, but but again, the question is that there is no guarantees of physical safety, and not only physical but mental safety and integrity if person returns because we have seen cases of mutilation no one was punished we have seen cases of arbitrarily punishment and killing of civilian population no one was punished we have seen traces of inhuman degrading treatment no one is punished we have seen cases of torture no one is punished and uh, in those cases when the people were identified instead of being punished they were promoted by Azerbaijani government is clearly stating that it's a racist dictatorship. However, Armenian government, instead of trying to work on that position, is showing, oh, he's a nice guy, let's make friends with him. Which looks like very much a relationship between Hitler, Germany, and the Axis in late 30s, when they were bringing peace to Europe. So it's even the wording, we are bringing peace, when Chamberlain came to UK. So this is very important that through this mechanism, through non-punishing the war criminals and all other procedures will never have a peace. Of course, if Armenia is not there anymore, maybe there will be peace between Turkey and Azerbaijan. Still, I'm not sure. But uh, otherwise, uh, if we are speaking about Armenia being here, it's very clear that Armenia should be raising the issue of war criminals and punishing of war criminals. That is one of the steps of possibility of people to return their homes. Not only changing the education system, not only making Armenophobia a crime, not only effectively investigating all Armenophobic actions and punishing people, but also finding war criminals, punishing war criminals, and all the procedures connected to non-promoting of anti-Armenian feelings in Azerbaijan, which is which we are seeing locally. Do you think ratifying the Rome Statute will help with this? Oh, no, 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 no. It has nothing to do with this. A Rome Statute would limit Armenia only, because whenever we would bring up that Azerbaijan has breached international law, the the fact that Armenia has ratified is not giving us a chance to bring Azerbaijan to liability for the actions undertaken on the territory, again, in clamors of on territory of Azerbaijan. The Rome Statute would be covering only any actions on the territory of Armenia and obliging Armenian authorities to cooperate. It has nothing to do on Karabakh. It even has nothing to do on the territory of Armenia where we are not able to exercise proceedings because Azerbaijan not being a member to International Criminal Court is not obliged to cooperate. So if we are going to get a decision of Security Council for that, we could do we could have done it without ratifying. My opinion was that ratifying Rome Statute is a big, huge mistake. And we could discuss using a Rome Statute within, let's call it, peace treaty if we are going to sign one, where we would say both parties are acceding to Rome Statute jointly the same day. So kind of an instrument to stop possibilities. But now, when Rome Statute would come into force, it actually would limit Armenia rather than give Armenia a possibility to act freely. Okay. Thank you very much. We're going to leave it there for today. Aram, uh, thanks a lot for your time. Thank you again, Aram. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. Have a nice day or evening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We were talking with Aram Orbelian, who is an international law specialist. 
He's an attorney and managing partner at Concern Dialogue Law Firm and a PhD in public international law. Dr. Orbelian lectures at the Academy of Advocates of the Republic of Armenia and has lectured in public international law at French University of Armenia. Dr. Orbelian was Deputy Minister of Justice of Armenia between 2011 and 2014. All right, that's our conversations on Grung episode today. Please find us on social media and follow us everywhere you get your Armenian news. The links are in our world-famous show notes. We'll talk to you soon.